Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is a Fourth Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack for another edition of the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet. This is Fourth Center. With me is Joseph Scrimshaw and Jennifer Landa. Jennifer. Yeah. How are you? <laughs> I am great. I am so excited about this topic. This is juicy. Oh, it's a juicy. This is a Fourth Center juice bar special. I am yeah. almost drooling. Yes. Ooh. So excited. This is why I love doing Force Center. I love talking the news. I love uh, reacting. I love just geeking out. But then there's a the time to really dive into some Star Wars stuff. And Joseph, we got a good one today. Uh, but first of all, of course, how are you? I'm great. I get to talk about Star Wars. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. No, yes. I, I really am. It's just very, very nice. It is. Sorry, I'm taking a sip. <laughs> I'm taking a sip. My mouth gets cottony. I apologize. I apologize. Well, uh, so today's topic is... Mythology versus history, and there's a lot of things about that. And this is actually a fan-generated topic, and that's one of the, another thing we love to do here at Four Center is we really lo- love listening to you guys. And what is on your mind is more often than not what is on our mind. So this comes from a longtime listener, Joseph Josh Eddy. Yeah, that's right. And I'm just going to uh, kick us off by actually reading the whole thing that Josh Eddy sent because I think it's uh, really yeah. informative to get us into this nice, deep, juicy Star Wars pontification topic. Josh Eddy says, 
I wanted to pose a topic of discussion that a friend and I spent over an hour discussing this last week. Wait, oh, wait, only an hour? Only an hour. <laughs> Josh, yeah. go back to go back to that. <laughs> and now you can listen for an hour and then debate even more hours, Josh. Uh, the question that led our discussion was, is the Star Wars universe becoming more historical than mythological as canon continues to expand? It's too early to tell what myth is being explored with the new sequel trilogy, but clearly the OG trilogy <laughs> explored the myth of the hero's journey and the prequels explored tragedy. But all the non-trilogy canon seems to flesh out the history of the universe, which is great. But has it overshadowed what elevated the Star Wars movies in the beginning, the myths and archetypes that we were able to connect with for the past 40 years? So the way I really heard this and saw this is, especially if you read the books in the comic books, we're getting to really know the details. You can start picturing yourself living in Star Wars. You know what your apartment would look like, depending on the era, depending on which planet. You know what machine would make your calf. You know what kind of droid you need for what kind of... Is is this a droid who's going to help me with protocol or help me get dressed in the morning? I know that's a WAV droid now. (laughs) Like all, You can dig into it and uh, as as history and as really just... A, a, a real place that's very, very different than the myth of the hero Luke Skywalker and then the reluctant hero Han Solo and the princess and the wise old man and the comic relief and this deep Joseph Campbell stuff mm. that underpinned the original Star Wars story. So to me, that is what uh, Josh's question is getting at. Yeah. And I want to just kick off by uh, getting uh, you guys' take on that. Does the like sheer volume of just information, does it water down the epic tale of the Skywalkers it, in Friends. It can at times. It can at times. I'm trying to think because Star Wars A New Hope was was told in, I don't want to say an innocent time, because the 70s were definitely not innocent, <laughs> and especially not in film, but it was an innocent way of dealing with some of the bigger themes. Yeah. And so Empire expanded upon it, but part of that fun is seeing other worlds, seeing Lando. I always say that's why I think Billy Dee Williams and Lando Carusino is, is one of the more important characters because it was like, oh, it's Han's friend, and it made sense, and it was yeah. part of the story, and he and he moved to things. And then, you know, with Jedi, you see Jabba after hearing about him. Now, special edition, <laughs> not counting. Yeah. So that expanded the world and and added to the history but it didn't take away from things we're now maybe we're so far in the bubble but yeah i that's why i love say rebel rising which really gave me a lot of history yeah of saw Gerrera and Jin or so but it added to her mythical journey mm, yeah and if you're done right then i don't feel it mm. But it's also when I go to the simpler time thing, I go to the Game of Thrones effect. I've mentioned before on this show, but I was thinking about this today and prepping for this episode, and I want to go beyond that. What, for me, got me starting to think beyond good guy versus bad guy was Batman Begins and Christopher Nolan. Okay. And that took a, superheroes are fun, the Joker's bad, Batman's cool, into this, oh, this is realistic. I believe this Batman could be in the real world. Forget about Ra's al Ghul and Joker. And I believe that Batman. Yeah. And that is not a simple Batman. Mm. It's not the Cape Crusader. It's a troubled, rich man trying to find his way and not fully understanding how to do it. Yeah. And so, so that, that changed even just the myth for me. So Star Wars is trying to tell an old-style myth, Joseph Campbell, good, evil, in an era we, where we're used to, we want those gray areas. So uh, even the myth side has changed for me. Yeah. I almost wish it sometimes could go back to, yeah, raise the, raise the good person <laughs> and Kylo's the bad guy. Yeah. I don't know. That's my opening thesis. Yeah. How about you, Jennifer? <laughs> that's, wow, that's something. I, I like that. Uh, I think that for me, it can feel a little overwhelming at times, uh, as, uh, there's just a lot to consume. But the way I see it is that the history should enrich the myth. Mm-hmm. So that's been part of mm. it. I think the joy about this new canon with the books is that, you know, we saw just a little bit of General Leia in The Force mm-hmm. Awakens, but I wanted to learn more about it. And guess what? We right. got that with Bloodline. You know, we're learning about her formative years as a teenager now with the young Leia, uh, Princess of Alderaan book. Right. So it, it's like a companion piece if you want to dive further, mm-hmm. but you still should be able to enjoy the films just on a surface level, even if you don't know 
all of the history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's where it starts. That It's a really mm-hmm. tough thing for them to navigate because we want more. We yeah. want to dive more and, and learn more about the lore, um, but it, you don't want it to bog down the beautiful, rich storytelling in these saga films. Yeah, I yeah. think that makes uh, a lot of sense to me. To me, it, it is, I talk about Star Wars as a tip of the iceberg storytelling, and mm. I think that was what was so compelling to people when it first came out, is you, you yeah. mentioned Jabba, and then you get to imagine who Jabba is. Like People seem to know what Minox are, but you're like, what the hell is a Minox? And like, yeah. you guys don't seem that freaked out that you were inside a space slug. <laughs> Right. Is that normal for you? <laughs> What's the Battle of Tanab? It invites all of these questions. Mm-hmm. And now we're getting to the point where you can watch the movies and you can still just see the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. Or you can start reading the books and the comic books. Like, not only is here the whole iceberg, here is the continent it broke off on. Here's the <laughs> yeah. lightsaber that was driven into it at this time. But like, so right. it, it is still both at the same time to mm-hmm. me where you can have the tip of the iceberg storytelling and you can have the whole iceberg. And I think part of what makes it all work for me and not feel like the history in the myth are fighting too much is that lived-in universe. Mm -hmm. Right. That it's never been a fantasy where it's sort of like, there are generic plains and mountains, and the evil guy is in the mountains. It's never been generic. Mm -hmm. Right. It's always been so idiosyncratic in such a specific lived-in universe to the point where we're like, that alien looks like a Star Wars alien. That alien doesn't because there's just something from the very beginning where those details, that history, built what it is. Right. So, Mm -hmm. And I think, Jennifer, your point is really, really strong that as long as the details all add to the myth and don't just become mundane details for the sake of details, then they don't have to fight. Yeah, there's those moments we're getting all these answers, and uh, we always talk here for Center how that creates expectations, or actually, I should say, goes against our own expectations. So yeah. the battle to nab something that really hasn't been explained, but you know, in my mind, I have a vision of what that means. Yeah, what that was, and if if suddenly now there's a five part comic series about the battle of Tanab. I'm gonna be like, well, that's not what I thought about it. So, <laughs> so it gets dangerous. I like you mentioned Minox. It made me laugh because it's like, I know what they are, but. I you know I don't feel as I I need to know. This is why I didn't get into the EU. I don't need to know where Minox come from yeah. and this and that. They're just these things in Empire that are really are, are funny and they they're freaky and, and that's and all weird. I need to know. And and I I don't fault them from creating those books. I'm mean, looking I keep looking over your shoulder Joseph at my bookshelf here because <laughs> I'm trying to look at my novels and stuff. And I have Star Wars year by year and I have the visual dictionary guide and I have all that stuff and I love it. And it helps me win trivia contests. But at the same time, I don't I also don't I just I've never chosen to get too bogged down in that. Mm. Yeah. It was a creation of, of Jedi Lines podcast that started to get me more tuned into Moff Jer Gerard's first name, <laughs> you yes, <know>? you know? <laughs> and and that and that kind of at, at times I feel I wish I could just go back to watching the story. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I feel like for me, I can stop reading the books anytime I want, and yeah. I can just throw out all those details, and I can just go back to wondering if I want. And that option is always there for me. There's time. There's time. Sorry, and I, you, I know you want to move on. Next question. Oh, here, yeah, but no, it's fine. There's times I'll read, and I generally enjoyed every at least parts of every Star Wars book that's yeah. come out or comic. Um, love that there's all this new materials. But there's times I'll hit on something and I'll be and I literally will say, I have some friends from my old job and stuff I know don't read all this stuff. I'll be like, I, I wish I was like Matt who, <laughs> who didn't worry about this stuff and can just enjoy Force Awakens for what it is. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes I wish. So yeah. maybe that's part of what's going on here. Yeah, and I think I'm the same way too of like I like memorizing details, but I feel like the books in general are doing a good job. Like I don't want to read cross sections. I don't care yes. what the part in the Millennium Falcon does. I yeah. don't care if I'm going to win or lose a trivia contest because I know exactly what that part of the Millennium Falcon does. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I don't think those are the kind of details that are in the books for the most part. They're things that I think build on it, mm-hmm. um, which kind of leads us to our, our next question. I think a thing that is happening in the books and the expanded storytelling there a lot is generational storytelling. So do you guys feel like the fact that we are seeing basically three generations in primary Star Wars storytelling right now is the trauma of the Clone Wars, Mm -hmm. the trauma of the Galactic Civil War, and now the trauma of whatever is coming in the sequel trilogy. Mm -hmm. Does that make it feel more like myth regardless of the amount of details? It's laid down because so many myths are generational. Mm, That's a great point. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. for me it does. Yeah, for me it does. Uh, It's, um, it's, it, uh, I like that idea. You're so right because it's like, you're like, I love what's going on with, with, Leia 
Rebel Rising, Inferno Squad, little bit of uh, you know Tarkin, Lords of the Sith, are all kind of in that same era. And I love the, what they're doing with that era now. Yeah. I love that uh, Rebel Rising connects to a paragraph or two in the Rogue One novel. That it's like, oh, that's all that stuff. So I love it. I love it because then I get locked in and then I know that there's still other eras and there's still other unanswered questions. So, yeah, I think it helps. I think they've done a good job at going, hey, here's one of the three eras we're in and then eventually we'll get that fourth era. Yeah. Which will probably be Old Republic or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. How about you, Jennifer? Does the generational aspect of the storytelling speak to you? Yeah. You know, it really, there's something kind of, I don't want to say primal, but something that, that with mm. all stories, you know, with, mm-hmm. especially with stories related to family, you know, fathers and sons and mothers and daughters and all these wonderful, complicated, rich stories, going back to the Bible, mm-hmm. you know, that you you have that, that taps into something that is familiar and then, of course, Star Wars has all these unfamiliar, exciting things that, that takes these kind of tr- traditional stories and makes it something new. Yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. I love, I love the generational stories. I think that's also why a lot of people do want Ray to be a Kenobi. Yes, yeah. Or something, yeah. right? Wouldn't no, that, I mean... A Calrissian is fine. Just anything, <laughs> you know. That, that's right. a gr- that, that actually, Jen, is a great point. Why I still... Fight, and I think uh, you know what we talked about last week, Joseph, and you brought it up. Like, hey, maybe, maybe she's still a Kenobi, but that doesn't make her do anything. She still still has to choose to do something yeah. out of that. Mm-hmm. Is is a great answer because I would. I'm still probably if it if it if it comes out that it's Bob and Susie Jakku, um, <laughs> I'm fine with it. But part of me wishes that this is a story that could connect even back to the Clone Wars. Oh, you yeah. Know? To make it nice and mythic, because I think it does make it mythic, and I think the details are making it mythic. I just recently read the the Leia book, and I don't want to give any spoilers, but there's a lot in there, in an, and in Rebel Rising, and all the books that Ken mentioned, where the echo of the Clone Wars is there. And Very much People so. are resisting the hero's call to mm-hmm. accept their destiny, their fate, because much like in the real world, they went through that hell of war. Mm. Yeah. So that like really nit those bit of nitpicky details that are almost you know a parallel of World War One and World War Two mm-hmm. right. from our perspective can feel like oh man now we're getting down to which battle of Christophsis are they talking about that they're literally referring something right. but at the same time in a big arc it gives it this utter weight that these characters yeah. are, are three dimensional they exist in a world where these wars happen and mm-hmm. wars have ramifications there, mm-hmm. it's funny you mentioned that it sends me a little I hope this is kind of an answer to that but it's like I guess it's also a little bit on me as the reader and the fan to choose what to get involved in because I was reading in reading the Leia uh, novel there's something that came up and I, and I was talking about a planet that the Empire did some dirty work on, and I was like, "Oh, is that is that is that the planet from the Ahsoka novel?" And I and I couldn't get to the next chapter without putting my book down and pulling the Ahsoka novel yeah. off the shelf. <laughs> and it turns out it wasn't, but it was something kind of similar. And then I, I, I was I, I couldn't finish that chapter because I was like, "No, no, no, that's got to be that's the one where the thing happened on the thing." Yeah. And I got so bogged down in the <laughs> history, wow. but that was my choice. I think if you're just kind of like, "All right, I'll look up that planet later, and let's get to the point of what's going on here in Leia." I have to make those active choices too because yeah. if I see something, I stop and Google it, and I realize that that is disrupting probably the more mythic flowing experience. But that's mm. my crappy yep. choice. Uh, uh, one other point on this generational thing mm-hmm. is. I feel like, especially with the sequel trilogy and with some mm. people's uh, being sort of upset that uh, the end of Return of the Jedi isn't happily ever after, I think yeah. what is really powerful about this generational story and it's coming out in a lot of the storytelling is that it's not a one and done. You don't beat evil. Yeah. Every That's... generation has to decide what are you going to do mm-hmm. to make sure that you hold on to what your parents fought for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That you're going to keep freedom, that you're going to keep, you know, darkness at bay. It's going to be your responsibility again and again. And that feels like a very old myth talking about parents, Jennifer. Yeah. yeah. Boy, join the resistance. That sounds uh, good. Yeah. No. Yeah. And like how yeah, parents, yeah. some parents want their kids to be involved or they don't want, or like even Poe. Dameron is a great character. Like he's yeah. born of the rebellion, almost right. literally. Literally, yeah. Right. And of so he's raring to go. So that's one way of telling that generational story. Yeah. And we only kind of get those sort of mythic perspectives uh, with that this huge volume of history. Mm, right. Uh, so yeah. go ahead, Ken. No, no, no. Continue. Uh, if it kind of continues the way it is, where the movies are still mythic, you can still step back and right. just just watch them as movies. And the books and the comics and even the video games gets into the nitty gritty. 
Does that work for you as a separation? It works. I think, number one, it's needed, and it needs to work that way. Yeah. Um, mentioning my, my good old friend Matt, who I used to work with at, at uh, my mall job. Like, you, you know, I know he doesn't want to get bogged down in the novels. He doesn't have time to. So sh- I don't want his joy to be affected by watching Last Jedi. And we're like, oh, you didn't get the, uh, you didn't get the comic <laughs> about, uh, you know, the porks? Yeah. It, you know, a- Amy Lynn Holdo. Is it Amy Lynn or is it Amy Lynn? I don't know why I'm looking at you, Jennifer. Uh, yeah, I've but been I'm looking at you. Amal- I think I've been saying Amelin. Amelin Holdo. Yeah, Amelin Holdo. Yeah. Vice Admiral. Yeah, her involvement in the Leia novel shouldn't, which is amazing, by the way, spectacular. Shouldn't be, um, shouldn't affect your Last Jedi viewing. Mm. Yeah, I think so. I'm okay with that. I think we can have a little more fun in the comics. Comics can explain more. Yeah. They might run into their own problems explaining more, but I'm okay with it, yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about it, Jennifer? Because you don't have as much time to read the comic books and the books. Do you feel alienated from this thing that you love when you don't have enough time to dig into the history side of things? You're a great example. Yeah, yeah. man. Honestly, there are some times where, yeah, like there were things happening in the Ahsoka novel that I'm just like trying to see on Wikipedia what's going on or things that are happening with Star Wars Rebels that are affecting the lore and the the Force. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. it, it bothers me to not know everything. Mm. And and I have to know everything because it, it really yeah. is all connecting. And I'm one yeah. of those people that I want to know. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. other people that I know that are much more casual fans or people that have really only seen the Star Wars you know, a couple times. They just want to be entertained when they go to the film. And that's the thing that Lucasfilm is very aware of. Yeah. It's really trying to appease the hardcores like us so we get a really specific experience watching mm. these films. But then you can have someone like my mom or whoever who's like, oh, yeah. I'll go see this Star Wars movie. Right? See a Star Wars. Yeah. And uh, you talk about like, this is where I think knowing the history sometimes helps because Rogue One was a flawed movie, but it was uh, a movie at the end of the day I really, really, really enjoy. I, I just put it on now on oh, Netflix, wow. Netflix until the Disney streaming service comes along. <laughs> um, I just put it on and it's just been in the background probably 10 times in the last three months for me. Wow. And I know people in the business who can't stand Rogue One. And I'm like, well, you know what? And I don't want to be this guy. And so I stop. I'm not the um actually person. But um actually, you don't appreciate the history that's being on display there with the rebellion and how Saw got. You haven't read all the novels, so you don't understand that moment. Saw isn't just some weird Forrest Whitaker voice. Saw's an important character. So then I think the history helps the lore of that because Rogue One wasn't full with full of history. No. It was it was uh, its own myth telling. So that's where I think it helps me. But now it turns me into a little bit of that annoying person who's like, well, but Saw was in season five of the Clone Wars, <laughs> and you don't know. It. And maybe that's the problem with Rogue One is it should have stood up on its own to, to those people. Again, I find it highly enjoyable, but flawed as it was. But so, I think it does because like yeah. the last time you and I saw it in the theater, right. we saw it with uh, a friend of yours. Yes. And and, uh, and his, his partner, yeah. and she was sort of like, I understand Star Wars is the one with lightsabers, not the one with phasers, right? right, right. <laughs> and then she loved it, I think, yeah. more than we did. Yes. After knowing all of the history and like, yeah. you know, we had that great interaction where I think Ken and I were blabbing about Saw's background and the partisans. Yeah. And she said like it was an actual mystery, like how do you guys know this? Right. Like it was like, cause she didn't even conceive that books existed. Yeah. yeah but yeah. I think as flawed as I think Rogue One is that third act gets into the mythic of, mm-hmm. you know, a group of non powered people, a group of normals yeah. who have the choice to stand up, who have the choice to make a sacrifice. They're not the heroes of destiny. The heroes right. of destiny have abandoned us. So here's the myth of the heroes where there are no heroes. Right. And I think that is so powerful and it clearly really spoke to her because she was like, yeah, it really moved me. I really yeah. liked it. She had no idea what a partisan was and in fact thought that maybe Ken and I just made a, up <laughs> before yeah, the movie. Because I just jokingly said, Ken and I got together uh, before the movie and we, uh, we decided we, about the things. And like, she's like, really? And really? Like, no. No, there are books and books and books. Uh, books and books and books. Comic books. It's yeah. so interesting because I have three friends who really don't know much about Star Wars at all and right. they all loved Rogue One. They said Force Awakens, eh, they didn't really care for it. They were like, huh. oh, the Rogue One, that was so much better. Which huh. is really interesting because I personally huh. like Force Awakens more than Rogue One. Yeah. Partially because it harkened back to that nostalgia that I love yeah. about the original film. So, hmm. there you go. Yeah. 
so I wanted to talk a little bit. Josh also brings up the the fact, Josh Eddy, in his question that it's not clear what the myth of the sequel trilogy is going to be yet. Ooh. You're so right. And I the, don't know. The first one is either. definitely the hero's journey and the temptation of the dark side, and the other is, you know, not that Shakespeare's myth per se, but it is a very right. much a Shakespearean tragedy. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think or want the myth? Because uh, apparently they're not done writing, so maybe they'll listen to this podcast <laughs> and we can decide for Lucasfilm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, You never know who's listening there. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I heard Kathleen Kennedy calls me the funny one. I don't believe that. I don't believe that story for a second. But someone on Twitter keeps trying to tell me that. Um, I I don't know. I, I saw this question in the notes prepping for the show today, and I didn't have an answer for it. I think it's just more of the same. Yeah. Snoke is evil, and evil will be defeated. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's even more about, uh, you know, Leia made the choice, was one of the only ones in the galaxy to say, hey, something's going on. And and, and it's is it about that? Um, but, like, I don't know, because it's set, we're set up for a little bit of a, of a gray area, you know? I think it's weird because, I don't know, maybe because I'm looking at Luke. And I'm going, well, that's our hero, and he doesn't want to be the hero. He's broken. So I can't see the Joseph Campbell myth right yeah. away. It's as if Obi-Wan met Luke in Mos Eisley and was like, you're on your own, kid. <laughs> I don't want it. You know, yeah. yeah, it's pretty fun, moisture farming. Yeah. Really, you could stick with that. <laughs> Jennifer, do you have thoughts or desires or like even like a, t- t- looking at myths as just kind of delivery systems of morals, like yeah. what you want to feel what you want out of the sequel trilogy? I think that definitely Ray is, I would like for her it to be the hero's journey. Yeah. I think that's the most natural, but yeah, I mean, thinking of Luke as the hero or even yeah. now Kylo as a protagonist, that really kind of complicates yeah. things. Mm-hmm. And this is where, again, where Ray's parents come into it. Is it going to, is she going to be a hero of fate because of her, mm-hmm. of her parents or is it a hero of choice? Also, yeah. which could be related to her parents. If she's going to go against what her parents what they were. Yeah. Uh, there's just, oh, it's so hard to know right now at this point, but yeah. I'm sure after the last Jedi, we'll have a lot of ideas, <laughs> but you ultimately want it to be Ray's story and have Ray triumph and have it be a hero's journey for Ray on some level. Yes. She's such a relatable character when she's sitting there eating her little, mm-hmm. little, you know, pastry, whatever that thing is on jacuzzi with her little helmet on by herself. It just was, they're just really tapped into something so relatable for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and how she's she's a loner, but she's she's been able to survive. She's a survivor, so that's yes. a very exciting story for me to see. And she is holding with her a lot of what we were talking about with uh, the original trilogy of a more clear cut black and white mm-hmm. of just nice people are nice and bad people are bad. And you, prote- right. I want to get up and I want to protect the nice people and I want to get do away with the bad people. And as we're going into the Last Jedi, she's still holding on to that. And mm-hmm. I like I like that. I, I mean, I don't want to say that I'm, I I don't understand nuanced characters, but I do like that she is clearly the good the good hero at this right. point yeah um yeah but i'm excited to see luke and him, his ambivalence or his struggle i think that that's exciting as well yeah mm-hmm. i i think it, it could be a couple things right now i think one the fact that it star wars has been a real generational story and this is the first trilogy where we kind of have the generations together Yes, yeah. Han was a presence. He was the wise old master yeah. mm-hmm. in a way, and yep. he had his own like second hero's journey in Force Awakens. Yeah. Now we don't know where Luke is at. We don't know what Leia's at. Where Leia is at, other than she is the steadfast, right. dutiful hero, and seems to be, if we're guessing correctly, wants to pass that on to Poe. Yeah. So maybe this is really the the myth of passing on the baton of being a hero. Yeah, mm-hmm. it might be, which could then tie into what like yeah the World War II generation handing on you know. A little bit of that yeah. makes some sense because yeah. yeah, we this could be this could be the story of Ray's mythic journey, yeah. which could also be the rise or decline of Kylo's mythic journey, and then uh. also Luke trying to, to his journey to becoming the mentor, which is usually at the beginning. Hey, Han served that in Force Awakens. Yeah, Han right. was the Obi Wan more than Luke, um, so maybe it's all three, and that's something different we haven't experienced before. Yeah, and that's it could good. even be as direct as uh, you know, uh, whatever. Maybe it's in Last Jedi. Maybe it's in Episode Nine where Luke is just sort of like, "The Jedi should end. I'm not going to pass anything on to you. Yeah. I will teach you how to be one with the Force, yeah. and then you decide." 
Yeah, because it is, you, you know, the future is yours, Ray. Right. Like, that would be a very powerful uh, myth to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also wonder if there's there's a lot in, in myth about, like, twins. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think Ray and Kylo are going to be related. No, They're no. certainly not twins because, uh, you yeah, know, that, yeah. that would be a very painful birth to give. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Many other years twin apart. stayed around for <laughs> 10 years. 10 years. That's a yeah. terrible labor. Uh, but it sounds like with these recent quotes from uh, Ryan Johnson that we might get a little bit more of pairing them as this real duality yeah. of yeah. maybe they're going to trade back and forth between the light and the dark and maybe they're mm-hmm. that maybe the two of them together are going to come together to try to find balance which uh, would be fascinating yeah so it could really zero in on duality mm-hmm. as, yeah. as a myth mm-hmm. um does learning so much about the history and the sacrifices of the rebellion, like in Rogue One and all the books, we're really learning about how the people who have no connection to the Force are desperately mm-hmm. trying and dying to, to do good. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at A New Hope from that perspective, Luke Han and Leia kind of just swoop in and like, thanks, yeah, we'll take it from here. Yeah. And they get things done real quick. Does it make Luke and Hans Leia's uh, journey seem more mythic and more like they are chosen ones Mm -hmm. to know about all of that backstory or does it water it down for you at all? It doesn't, it doesn't water it down. It it makes it more realistic to me. You know, I've, I've sat and and, and talked to my grandfather who's still alive, thankfully uh, about uh, World War II for him. And it becomes, so he becomes more mythic to me yeah. as opposed to the realistic telling of it, you know. Um, so it adds to it. I love that moment of, of uh, Ray and Finn finding out it's Han Solo. Yeah. The smuggler, the war hero, uh, and it's all of it. And, yeah. uh, and I kind of like that and it adds to it and it doesn't take away anything from my viewing of the original trilogy. Um, it doesn't ruin the happy ending. It just kind of adds to it and then makes me – it's a realistic – Force Awakens for being – on the surface, sometimes a, a feel-goody rehash of the of the Star Wars journey, not a rehash of New Hope, but just mm-hmm. that good, evil, X-Wings, and lightsabers. Um, it added to it a little bit to me because we, we had this, you know, we had a happy ending. Ewoks were dancing. And then Han's mm-hmm. a smuggler again. And why? And could he not live up to his own myth? And yeah. Everything? So it creates kind of a, it adds to it and creates a different view for me on it. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Jennifer? Yeah, I just think it fills in the world, so it feels even more real. Mm-hmm. I, I think that it 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 shows all the sacrifices and the struggle and the hardship that you know. So that their their triumph when they finally do you know triumph over the Empire mm-hmm. and Jedi is like ah yes, it makes it even more um, emotional in yeah. some sense, knowing all the things that came before it. Yeah. So. Yeah. For me, I feel like that same way too, like especially with A New Hope in particular. Because mm. I think, you know, we've all seen Rogue One and knowing that all of these people died. Right. Yeah. So that Luke could basically pop in and go, are you guys doing a rebellion? Cool. Bang. Yeah. Hey, was that what you guys been fighting for for yeah. like decades, most of you? It makes him more mythic and it ties yeah. back. It supports A New Hope being like the... Uh, maybe our you know heroes of choice who who choose to do this mm-hmm. could have done this, but it makes Luke so mythic of like yeah there in that moment in that time he was a chosen one yep. no one else could have ever made that shot and destroyed the Death Star mm, exactly. and the rebellion would have been wiped out. That's he is it. truly a myth mm-hmm. in learning how much other people fought and suffered. So so, he our, so our that. true mythic hero could have that one yeah. shot. A New Hope in particular yeah. resonates for me. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's a good way to that's a good way to elevate Luke. Yeah, you know, and and Han and, and all of them learning learning about Leia a little bit more in her backstory uh, and how she arrived to the point to being uh, the person with the on the blockade run at the beginning. Uh, New Hope is interesting. Where yeah, it it actually has definitely added to it. Yeah, it reminds. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a weird jump. Don't jump down my throat. Don't at me, <laughs> bros and ladies. Uh, I love the Christopher Moore's novel, Lamb, which is the fictional, okay, fictional story of Jesus between the ages of 13 and 30. Okay. And his best buddy, Biff. And he goes around and goes to seek out the three wise men to, um, who are now re- represent a lot of other views and religions. And he goes and learns from them and returns as the Jesus that we know in the stories at, yeah. at 30. Oh. Um, so it adds to it. So I'm not saying Leia's Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> However. I'm just, uh, I'm just saying this thing, the, the Leia Princess of Alderaan, which we're going to review here shortly in Force Center, 
adds to kind of what you're talking about with Luke in A New Hope. It, it is like she went along the way and here's how she learned and you see how it plays out through her life and it makes her more of a uh, of a mythical figure yeah. leading uh, and there's a, a reason she's leading. You know? Right. And yeah, we only get absolutely. that because of the depth of history. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I also wanted to talk about exactly that. I feel like Star Wars, if you look at it as myth, in particular the original trilogy, Luke is the hero of fate. He is the chosen one, right. so to speak. But he is he is the destined hero to you know pick up the lightsaber and save the galaxy. Uh, and then we have Han, who is definitely the reluctant hero mm-hmm. in the myth. And then Leia is this great character who ends up being somewhere in between. That yeah. she is clearly a hero of choice on the sort of I was just adopted. I'm an mm-hmm. Alderanian, mm-hmm. and then like oh, but I do actually have this flowing through my blood that I am a Skywalker, right? And that contributes to my destiny. So you have these three great representations. Do you guys have a a preference when you think about like what kind of hero you want us as as humans to look up to? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that the thing with the hero of fate it makes it a little bit more distant. What makes it actually yeah. more real and relatable is when it's a hero of choice. That your your past, your history, where you were born does not have to dictate your future and or the choices that you make. Yeah. You can choose to be the good guy. You can mm-hmm. choose to be the bad guy. And that, to me, is a much more powerful yeah. um, and relatable story. Yeah. Yeah, you really, really hit the nail on the head there, Jennifer, where uh, all of us can relate to Luke Skywalker wanting to get off Tatooine, right? but none of us can really w- relate to, I'm what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm the chosen one? Yeah. But the we chlorians are in yeah. my wear? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we can more relate to, I can at least, to um, Aragorn being told to put aside the ranger and be who you're born to be mm-hmm. and not wanting to and struggling and finding it. Uh, to Jon Snow realizing he's not the bastard son of Ned Stark. He is some great uh, – there's a pedigree, but he has to rise to that and choose to rise to that. And, and there's – so Han – that's why I think a lot of people love Han. It's right. not his problem. It's not just he's dash, dashing and sexy. He is. And he's funny. He's funny. <laughs> but he is uh, – he is, you know, someone who, you know uh, – it's like when they try to do a gin and they do better in the books with gin. Yes, mm. gin or so but in the movie it was like she didn't want to look up and she had to choose i think um just with a little less personality unfortunately unfortunately that's one of my criticisms of rogue one overall loved it uh but yeah that's why yeah so i think we all are more like a hero of choice yeah i really love in star wars that it is that you do get both Mm, that you get uh, the real heroes of choice like Han. Uh, hero of duty is a weird phrase, but like I think that's a great thing that's come out of all the additional material in the history of mm-hmm. Leia is it adds to this sort of mythic status yeah. where she is somebody where like duty just always comes first above family, above her own needs, above yeah. everything. And that's why in this generational story, she's the one who's still standing when both Luke and Han are like, I need to, yeah. I need to peace out for a minute, yeah. at least, and she's still standing. Uh, and then even with Luke, when you have the hero of fate um, in Anakin, uh, they still have choices to make. Mm-hmm. It's just that they sort of have more responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I feel there, there's, obviously we in the real world don't have those of us who are born with uh, you know little microscopic beings giving us power to move things yeah. with our minds, but we're all born with different abilities. And I think yeah. sometimes if you are, if you happen to be born handsome, attractive, and super smart, you're kind of a chosen one. Yeah, you have whether it's good or bad, you have more power. Mm-hmm. You have the same choices. Yeah. that everybody else does, but you have in a way more responsibility because it is going to be easier for you. To have an impact on the world, mm-hmm. yeah, and I like the the really classic myth character of the hero of fate that Star Wars kind of preserves that as somebody who's like, not only do you have the same choices everybody does, mm-hmm. but you also have in a way more responsibility because you have more power, yeah, mm-hmm. inherently. That's yeah, great. Yeah, it's a lesson Leia definitely learned. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to just a couple more questions. I wanted to talk about what kind of just general 
fairy tale imagery because we've kind of talked about overarching myths and character types but i've like in force awakens one of the reasons i love the fight on starkiller base is it feels like a a Grimm's brothers Mm -hmm. story in those dark woods Mm -hmm. you know and there's just something just the way it's shot it feels like an old myth or fairy tale yeah uh what other kind of images or classic myth things do you want like you know there's a lot in star wars about literally being in the belly of the beast or claiming the sword falling the, the claim of the sword was done so well in Force Awakens. I don't think we need it again yeah. in, in this trilogy. Um, but I, I would like to see, uh, I would like to see, like you say, literal falls and slash ascensions. I, I would like to see, and I think maybe we're going to get it with Kylo, just a full on fall into 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 the pit of Hades. Yeah. You know, full mm-hmm. full journey into darkness mm-hmm. and seeing what comes out of that. I, I'd like that. And the wise elders. You know, maybe Luke can rise up to that. Yeah, that still needs to be there, right? But it's like, how much? How how much is Luke going to get involved? Is he the Force Ghost in Episode Nine? Yeah, in Eight, is this his last run? Yeah, which is fine. It's that's why I love Logan so much. Logan to me was that last run, that last charge. Yeah, uh, uh, and 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 passing the baton. Yeah. Um, so I'd like something with that. Yeah. How about you, Jennifer? Are there other kind of images and feelings like from myths you want? Yeah. You know what I, I always found so fascinating was in the Odyssey when mm-hmm. it was it Homer. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, forgive me. Uh, is going on and he's on the ship and he's tempted by the sirens. Mm-hmm. I love that imagery of this temptation being real. Oh, And yeah. trying to resist that temptation. I could see something like that happening with Ray. I don't know. Maybe. I love love the idea of a quest. It may yeah. not fit in eight, but I do love the, the hero going on a quest. Yeah, and being challenged. Being challenged, exactly. And yeah. I love a wise elder, which we all want Luke to be. Obviously, he's not going to be that at the beginning of the film, but I'd like right. for him to become that. Yeah, I think we might get a little bit of a quest with Rey. I think we might get some really classic myth things mm-hmm. of her just being truly tested, like mm. physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, just like in every yeah, way. Yeah, I guess you're right. She's tested because the whole world is new to her, and now she has all this responsibility. Mm -hmm. I I think, yeah, because, and again, we haven't seen a ton of promotion outside of the teaser so far. But, yeah, Yeah. I don't see her fitting into the story on Planet Crate. I don't see her fitting into the battle with the Resistance versus the First Order. I do see her fitting into what Luke's going on, got going on, and, and maybe Snoke is the quest and journey there. Yeah. That, mm. that, that would make some sense to me. Yeah. 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 I, yeah I'm, and then I'm, in nine, she joins up and flies a Starfighter. And exactly. Yay. Yeah, exactly. When yep. she's uh, accepted her mm-hmm. destiny a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's probably just because I have Twin Peaks on my mind so much, but I just, I want more of that feeling of being lost in the darkness. And maybe mm. uh, yep. we'll get that uh, if Kylo does fully fall but like images like in Empire when uh, uh, Luke goes into the Dagobah tree yeah. or like that yeah. feeling of the woods and Starkiller Base that feeling of like you are somewhere that is natural and somewhere that is beautiful from a certain perspective yeah. but just feels like darkness is coming for you uh, from every angle and you are the only source of light within this darkness and you could be swallowed by right. it like mm. that kind of mythic feel I, I would love to see more of uh, kind of final question here. Uh, myths are, they're certainly origin stories, mm-hmm. uh, but they're also, a lot of times, myths are instructional tools mm-hmm. to tell a society how to behave. They're sort of like ancient PSAs. Uh, so what do you guys want to learn from Star Wars? What do you want the whole big myth of Star Wars? Let's say the sequel trilogy is completed and you can look at these nine movies together. Just the movies. Forget the books and the comic books. Yeah. These movies tell the story of three generations What's the PSA that you want to be out there in the world? Well, good luck trying to get a message out nowadays, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's part of it. it, it you know, uh, I think the books, comics less, but the books reflect a little bit more of what's going on, and the authors do great jobs of, yeah. of creating PSAs for the, these times. Yeah. They, they do really good. Um, I, I think overall, though, it still might be... Um, you know, I think in the real world now, a lot of people are learning that there's still great evils when maybe a lot of people overlook the fact that they were there. Yeah. Um, so identifying that and that and that that might be part of the Star Wars journey. It's 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 a lot about Luke being the farm boy and the Ray on Jakku who want to go on and get tied into a bigger adventure. But it's like, what does that adventure mean? And And it means, you know, uh, helping, helping, defending. 
Yeah. Finding what is truly good and defending it. That that I think could still work and still should work. Yeah. And and again, how many times have we said it here in Force Center, what George said at, at Celebration, if he wrote this for 12-year-olds, not Jar Jar stepping in the poodoo. He wrote it for 12-year-olds <laughs> um, on the cusp of adulthood to learn what is right and wrong. Making choices. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. How about for you, Jennifer? Yeah, uh, I agree. Learning right and wrong, that that can be a difficult choice, that you have control over your destiny. Um, and there was mm. one that I that I had... The power of community, the importance of community, friendship, teamwork, you can't do it alone, even if it is like, yes, you may be the chosen one, but you still need a mentor to be there and come to you in your time of need. Han still cleared the way for Luke to make that shot that only Luke could make. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, even though he's the hero of fate. Yeah. 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 I mean. The community thing is great. Yeah, because that's such a huge part of it. Uh, For me, yeah, I, I think Ken really pointing out that Anakin, Luke, and Ray are all our beginning points, yeah. and they're all young people who want to go out and see the world and have adventure and do good, mm-hmm. and then they all immediately learn it's not that simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, I, I think the overall PSA I, I want to come across is that you have to fight for goodness, whatever mm-hmm. that goodness is, and you have to realize that that is going to be both an external and an internal fight. Mm-hmm. The fact mm-hmm. that it is both, not just I can go out with my lightsaber right. and I can cut off the bad guy's head right? and everything will be okay. Everything Even be. if that's what the wise people tell me, that's not the truth. <laughs> yeah. There's an internal struggle as well. Yeah. Nice mythic struggle. Uh, do you guys want to tell me mm-hmm. a myth about yourselves <laughs> to close out our myth and what history would, discussion? What would the myth of me be? Yeah. What do you want the myth of Ken Nash to it, be? It'd be all, you know, the myth of how many tacos you can eat in one city, but <laughs> or how many chips and salsa you can get before the waiter says we're not doing anymore. Um, but I think it's serious for me. Would be it's a, it's, I gravitate like I said to the Aragorn journey, meaning uh, I think I was a person born with a lot of great opportunities and chances who has run from them because it's easier. Yeah, and that that sometimes it is about becoming who you're supposed to be so that you can do good and use that that power potential and influence for for better and it's also just easier to not do it and yeah. so mm. the the myth is i could be strider and and ride around and and run away from everything or i can claim my sword and yeah. go do something be hard eric Hen. yeah yeah eric Hen. <laughs> oh that's great uh, I guess my myth would be, nevertheless, she persisted. Oh, um, nice. People have been a woman of color. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people have assumed a lot of things about me, have told me that I would not be successful, have actually uh, encouraged me to do the the right. easiest thing and what they thought would be appropriate for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think showing that you don't have to allow that to dictate your future or your destiny, very similar to, hey, I'm going to say I'm Luke Skywalker. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No. Nice, and nice. you, sir, a plains drifter from Minnesota? Yes. It's hard to drift in those plains because they're <laughs> freezing cold. It's hot with no Obi-Wan or Han <laughs> to rescue you, no Tauntauns to sleep in. Uh, no, I think in a way it is a combination of what you guys said. What I wrote down is just uh, he tried, which I've told people that before. It's like for a tombstone, people are like, that's so depressing. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's like the best thing you can do is try. That's great. In a way, to me, that's the combination of like the myth and the history. Like, if you just saw a tombstone that said he or she tried, mm. you'd be like, wow, yeah. there's a myth there. Yeah. And you could just enjoy that as like the tip of the iceberg. But then if you wanted to learn all about people, learn the history and go like, oh, yeah, this person faced these challenges and, and they responded to them this way and it didn't always work out. But, well, they never gave up. They kept trying. Mm. Yeah. I like that. That's yeah. great. Yoda might not like that, but. Yeah, do or do not. <laughs> yeah, right. so, sorry, Yoda. Don't always agree with you. Maybe that's just with force use. Well, I've always thought, I've always thought Yoda's advice, though great, doesn't account for failures because those happen. Right? Yeah. And he, and he tried, does account for failures. Yeah. And what are you going to do after that failure? Yeah. If that's a Yoda had said that. Yeah, he did not when he was fighting Sidious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do or do not. So Yoda yeah, has that, failed. Exactly. Uh, that, so that's our discussion of myth in history. Thank you so much, Josh Eddy, uh, for the nice, yeah. juicy mm-hmm. question. I think overall, to answer your question in a short way, we all agree that the history just supports the myth. 
as it yeah. should. As just as you guys support us with these great uh, topics and thought starters and questions, and we've got some questions we want to address before we get on out of here today. That was a fun discussion, but more here. We take questions from all over the place, including uh, Twitter and Facebook, and we got this one from Andy Campbell, who says, "Could we get an animated movie of Rebels?" After season four. Now, Jen, I know you don't keep up with Rebels as much as you'd like. Mm -hmm. Um, Would it help you if suddenly there was an animated movie maybe on the Disney streaming service? Oh, that'd be awesome. It'd be a great way for me to to feel a part of this Rebels community. Uh, And I think, well, I don't know if, you know what? There's going to be a lot of content that they're going to need to make. Right. It could happen. Right. Yeah. Joseph? I think that Rebels Season 4 will probably just wrap up, but I would love to see this. I love this idea, and I Mm -hmm. hope they do make animated movies that are standalone. Yeah, the animated movies just overall. Yeah. Wonderful. Because, yeah, we know that Hera survives, so maybe uh, the story of Rebels wraps up in Season 4 of Rebels, but maybe we get just an animated movie that's Hera and Sabine's adventures during the Galactic Civil War. That's Mm. that's That's even... yeah. Okay. I like. Yeah. 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 You, yeah. That's. A, I didn't think of it in those terms. I mean, I don't think Kanan and Ezra's chances of surviving rebels are strong, or at least surviving how they are. No. Um, but maybe some adventures with them. Yeah. Hera would be great. She's such a popular, wonderful character. Yeah. Um, I could see that. It's. It's as if the you know the adventures of Legolas and Gimli were uh, an additional <laughs> movie. Yes. I could see that. All right. Jake Higgins asks, uh, how much Porg could a Porg Porg if a Porg could Porg a Porg? (laughs) (laughs) Jennifer, you're the resident Porg expert here. This is a tough question uh, from pork, Jake. Pork, 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 pork. <laughs> that's pork. it. Pork. Yes, that's true. Never My only answer is forty-two. So I think Jennifer nailed <laughs> Life, the universe, and everything. We're gonna find out when you press that try me button on that pork. You get your answer. That's a hell of a noise <laughs> echoing <laughs> through those empty Target shelves when yeah. they made that pork meep at me. Oh. <laughs> me too. Me too. Thank you, Jake, for that fun question there. Now we go to Patreon. We have a Patreon page. You can support and send us questions that we pick for each show. We're guaranteed to have at least two from Patreon. And Alex Brandt asks, what do you consider to be the most random Star Wars fact you know? Yeah, I know. This is like one of the hardest questions we've ever been asked because now mm-hmm. I'm used to people knowing so much. Like, you know, oh, years yeah. ago, everybody's like, did you know that Cliff Clavin is in Empire Strikes? And everybody's like, yes, we know. You're in right. Fact, there's an action figure. Like, yeah. you know, there's so many things that people do know now. Uh, the one thing that I went to is, uh, because Twin Peaks is so in my brain right now, the connection between Twin Peaks and Star Wars, that there's a strong mm. connection uh, between them with uh, Dwayne Dunham. Mm. is an editor who worked on Empire and Return of the Jedi. He was, in fact, the first person to try on the white prototype Boba Fett armor. Ah, And he is uh, the primary editor of Twin Peaks, of all of it. Interesting. That's just a dumb little obscure Star Wars fact that other people wouldn't care about, which is the only reason (laughs) that I might know it and other people wouldn't. I cannot even think of any. I mean, honestly, yeah, you guys all know everything. Though, I mean, random is that, you know, when George Lucas was a kid, he would build dioramas in his house in Modesto. Yeah, that's good. That's good. His mom was actually very ill during that time. In the hospital a lot. I mean, I know a lot of random facts like that. Your Jedi beat work lends uh, (laughs) lends to that. Um, I'm in the same boat as you, Joseph, where as a Star Wars trivia champ and a guy blah, 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 who did spend most of his young adult life going, uh, did you know John Ratzenberger? Was, I mean, I think that's a conversation I had. Yeah. Right. Um, a lot of that's gone away. So now it's about those little things that everyone knows, but not necessarily, well, not necessarily everyone, but it's like now you start getting to that 1% and like... It's a reference type thing. So I was at a Comic-Con a couple years ago, and I was going down an escalator, and going up of it was a guy in a Tarkin costume with slippers on. Yeah, and nice. that's one of those most <laughs> most fans know who Tarkin is and Peter Cushing, blah, blah, blah. But how many remember that he wore slippers most of the time on set? <laughs> that's so good. a lot do. Yeah. But it's like now it's come down to that. As far as uh, the most <laughs> random Star Wars fact I know, I, I'd really, I was racking my brain. Yeah. I just don't know. 
Yeah, I don't know. The only other Alex, thing I, what's yours? <laughs> yeah, yeah, hit us, hit us, yeah. Alex. Maybe uh, the other thing for me is a Team Toad drinking in that Phantom Menace video game, but it's not random anymore because I mention it yes. all the effing time. Yeah, but but I remember when you first brought that up. Well, I think it was on Jedi Alliance. I was like, damn, yeah, <laughs> that's random. This guy's random. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Gary Hasara asks, uh, do you think there will be? Any barbershops, or do you think there are any barbershops on H2, the planet that Luke has been hiding out of? Well, I think the caretakers are there. Yeah. And they oh, could. Yeah. Maybe that's why they're upset at Luke. Always, ma- always making us trim his beard and hair. That's not even not why we're here. I don't know. Yeah, I would love to see them just like get so frustrated with his, his hair and his beard and just you know, say, mm-hmm. come over here, or whatever language they speak. Yeah. I could see that. You're already into the caretakers, right? You're excited by the caretakers. the caretakers. Yeah. Oh, I just can't wait to see their attitude towards mm-hmm. Luke. They're so annoyed by him. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I do not think there are any barbers. I think we might get this super dramatic moment in The Last Jedi where Ray says to Master yeah. Skywalker, yeah. do you still have your lightsaber? And he says, yes. And he ignites it. Yeah. And he trims his beard. <laughs> that could work. With his lightsaber. Yeah, I think he has a little Jedi travel kit. <laughs> I think that's, <laughs> for sure. That's okay. Yeah, I, I'm not yeah, sure about that, that myself. I love the caretakers, though. I, every time yeah. I look at them, I see Vogons from the Hitchhiker's Guide movie in 2005. Oh. And there was the uh, Vogon at the uh, sort of the space DMV yeah. that they go deal with. And they have to fill out the forms. And she's got, oh, God, this, you got to fill out the right form. And I just, that's the voice I've given the caretakers. Okay. <laughs> see, I hope they have a deep guttural voice. They'll probably speak in some weird underwater water fish language. Yeah, yeah angry fish is. nuns should sound like merman from He-Man <laughs> yeah. for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's our questions today. That's, uh, like I said, on Patreon. You can also send them on Twitter at 4CenterPod. Use the hashtag 4Center on Facebook. Like our page. Send in a question there. And you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash 4Center. Just $2 a month gets you the bonus episode Finish the Fan Fiction, and we're still working towards our goal of non-generic theme music. That means paying for someone to uh, create some wonderful tunes for us so our, our intro music won't be heard in a commercial as well. We also have t-shirts, stickers, and anything you kind of need at tpublic.com slash user slash force center. Get those hashtag prequel shirts flying off the shelves. Uh, that's it for this week. we got other things going on in our life. Jennifer, you're still uh, getting some mileage out of that Porg video, right? With your daughter <laughs> meeting the Porg on Force Friday. Yeah, I've been uh, very busy working on some costumes for the <gasps> StarWars.com blog so that will yeah. be up soon-ish uh, you can find out all about that on my Twitter at Jennifer Landa Facebook page Jennifer Landa or my YouTube channel youtube.com slash Jennifer Landa yeah. or you can be like me and I'm just going to ask you as soon as we're done recording because I need to know <laughs> I'm so excited oh, alright yeah. no, I want the inside story you can find me on all the social media is at Joseph Scrimshaw and you can follow all my comedy adventures on my website josephscrimshaw.com should be some new information about uh, shows and conventions and other fun adventures is coming up and uh, my podcast Obsessed is going along well so come check that out yeah, absolutely. You can follow me at CatNapsock across all social media platforms on Anchor at hashtag, uh, well, Daily Thrones is a hashtag. You can use on Twitter, but Daily Thrones is the name of the show. As of right now, it looks I'll be heading to New York Comic Con the first week of October. Doing some work for Collider, but I'll be out there. So if you're out there, please say hello. Wear your Force Center shirts so I can find you that much easier. That is it for this week. Great discussion. A lot of fun. Thanks again to Josh Eddy submitting that great thought starter on today's topic. So we'll see you guys next time. Pick up that lightsaber and become the hero you were born to be. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.